Hi, this is Manton Reese, M-A-N-T-O-N.org. This recording is called Video Games. It's July 25th, 2006. that sound familiar? It was the original Zelda for the Nintendo Entertainment System, and that's about where our story starts. We'll trace through a sliver of video game history and then wrap up with the present. See if you can recognize this next one. I found my original black and white Game Boy Tetris cartridge in the garage last year and sampled this music. The cartridge is over 15 years old, but it plays fine in the Game Boy Advance released just last year. That is serious backwards compatibility. But even long after the dusty old cartridges are impossible to find, fans will still be recreating the music. Here's another old one, the Super Mario World soundtrack, but remixed and played with new instruments. This musician was devoted and patient enough to painstakingly recreate it, and he's not alone. Dozens of similar fan music and concerts have sprung up since I first started paying attention to this. Here's another one, music inspired by Super Metroid. Video games have memorable music, especially since we often encounter the games in our youth, they leave a lasting impression, and hearing just a little of the music is enough to take us back. I can still remember when the power of audio for video games really hit me. I was in high school in 1990. I saved up some money and bought a TurboGrafx-16, one of the first 16-bit game systems. It sold well in Japan, predating the Super Nintendo and selling well against the original Nintendo, but it never took off here in the States. It had a few good games for it, but the real killer part of the TurboGrafx was the optional CD player. A friend of mine had one, and when he hooked it up to his stereo, I was in awe as I watched him play the RPG game East Book 1 and 2. The music was incredible for its time.
This is from the MIDI files. I'm not sure how closely this matches the real music coming out of the TurboGrafx-16 box, but it feels very similar to the experience I remember. The game still sells on eBay for about $40. Games are unique. They are not art, they are not music, not movies or novels. At their best, they are a mix of many different art forms. When the original Mist came out, I played it all night for several days. It had amazing graphics and sound, interesting puzzles, and a backstory with real passion behind it. It was groundbreaking because it was one of the first to require a CD-ROM drive. Like the RPG game East for the TurboGrafx, the creators were able to push games with music and video in a way that was not possible before. I was pretty big into Mist. I had been playing with 3D modeling and animation tools, and the work the artists and programmers at Cyan did was inspiring. I also bought the Mist novels and the soundtrack. Somehow that audio CD has survived garage sales and scratches all these years. Miss 5 came out last year, but I can't say I've followed anything after the second game, Riven. I fell out of active gaming, and one system that helped bring me back is Nintendo's dual-screen handheld, the DS Lite. It may be the last cartridge-based game system ever created, so the music and video that is possible with a CD or DVD-based game, the ones that started in the Mist era, are not common on the DS. Instead, it offers many fun, innovative games that take advantage of the stylus, control, or the microphone. The Nintendo DS title Electroplankton is like that rare independent film that no one wants to put money into because it follows no formula that has gone before. It's not really even a game. It's a music experiment of sorts. You click little sea creatures and drag the stylus around to create music. I imported the Japanese version of this game soon after its release overseas just because it seemed so unique and interesting. Here's a sample of me playing the game. Nintendo has a long tradition of blending music into the stories of their games. The Legend of Zelda The Ocarina of Time featured playing an instrument as a core component to the game. For many, The Ocarina of Time was the best game on the Nintendo 64, and has yet to really be matched on other systems since. Even today, there's a company that sells a real ocarina instrument inspired by the game including instructions for playing the memorable Zelda tunes. Meanwhile, in Sony's handheld system, the puzzler game Lumines still remains one of the better games for the PSP.
Music adds to the experience in a big way. It's a mesmerizing soundtrack that is constantly changing and feels like it is in sync with how you're playing, as if there's a match between the rhythm of falling blocks and the beats of the music. Let's slow it down a little. Bungie, the makers of Halo, had a little real-time strategy game called Myth that featured some beautiful music. I passed this game up, unfortunately, but it has its big fans. The music even appears in Halo as a sort of Easter egg. Although I didn't know it before preparing this podcast, some of the same composers behind the Myth soundtrack worked on Myth as well. I'm sure there's a bunch of similar game trivia that is lost on me, since I've only recently become interested in games again. And there is one more venue for games that I had not reacquainted myself with until now. I head down to the drag to visit Einstein's Arcade, a spot I frequented too often in college when I probably should have been in classes. Its sister site in North Austin has gone the way of the closed-down dollar movie theater that was next door to it, and the other arcade on the drag is also shut down. I walked into Einstein's expecting the familiar buzz of the arcade, as each machine competes to grab your attention with a unique sound, but instead the fighting games, racing games, and shooting games seem dormant, waiting for players. I play a few rounds of Tekken 5, but I never really played the first four. Actually, most of the games here are unfamiliar to me. Arcades seem all but dead, and the decline started at the height of modern home consoles, led by the PlayStation, when the sound and graphics you had at home equaled or even surpassed those of the arcade. The only games that still seem relevant are the ones you sit in or dance on, because they provide an experience that isn't possible with a traditional game controller. Let's listen to some of that dancing. the arcade disappointed. There was nothing really fun going on there. Nothing original.
perhaps my whistling doesn't really do it justice, but I was over at a friend's house once playing a popular original PlayStation 2 game, and for weeks afterward, I kept humming or whistling that catchy tune. Katamari Damacy is a quirky little game that is just a lot of fun, and the music is a perfect match. It sets the mood, saying that you don't have to take this too seriously. Just enjoy yourself. Here's the remix. I believe Katamari is the start of a new generation of games that will be remembered as much for their music as the old Nintendo games were for my generation. The arcades as they existed in the 80s and early 90s will never be recreated, but the best music will live on in fan remixes and acoustic remakes. A bit of pop culture preserved forever. Thanks for listening. Katamari, 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 Katamari,